cut, cut, cut. Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Celebration Community Church podcast. My name's Nathan. My name's Derek. And seated over here is... I'm Garrett. Hi, Author, Garrett. podcaster, speaker, <laughs> extraordinaire. I almost said Garrett I, I'm, I'm Groot. I don't I'm, know why that, that just came to my mind. That would have been the best introduction, and then everybody would have been like, "That this is the, this this is is the, the episode best, this is the best that we've been ever. waiting for. We're just pandering at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, Garrett, well, who is your favorite superhero and why? Ooh. Oh, I, I've always just been a Superman. Wrong. Superman guy. So I think that, I mean, he grew up in Kansas. I mean, it's just, it's a Kansas story. It's like Dorothy. <laughs> so, <you know? laughs> so is that even my, true? Is that true? Is his origin story from yes. Kansas? I did not even know. I, that. I only really? know it's Smallville, and the only reason that I know that is JW is going back and watching through the WB Smallville. There are okay. apparently 220 what? episodes of it. Oh my! I have never watched this show in I my life. I knew it existed because my my parents would really? watch it every so often, or my sister would be watching it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how accurate in that is into Smallville. Kansas until like like. But some of the movies, the newer movies, that's where. When you say how accurate it is, you mean like if Superman actually lived and breathed and walked? Well, in I meant Kansas? like I meant yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably not accurate. We don't have any historical evidence <laughs> or artifacts or any of that, but right. but we can we can say we can say that if we would uh, like to. According to local folk, folk, folklore, I think yes, that's a word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the newer like. movies, I was meaning by like the comics. Right. Like I don't know if the comics actually. You know, I didn't know that. I've always been a Batman guy, so I've never really? cared about Superman. Yeah, Batman's good too. So yeah. here's here's my hot take that people hate. I don't think that any superhero movie is good at all. I think that what people like to imagine is that a world like that could exist where there are superheroes right. and, and stuff like that. They're not actually interested in the movie quality. They're just like, wow, man. I want to live in a say, world where like, like Christian Thor movies. could exist. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Is that <laughs> even a hotter take? <laughs> no, I don't think that's a hot take at, at all. I think that most Christian movies <laughs> are are pretty rough to watch. See, that's but. why I like Batman compared to any other superhero because he's mainly just a right. He doesn't have superpowers. A normal really. guy yeah. who has access to a lot of stuff he's, because of his of his money. He's in the one percenters. Yeah. But like you know, his background of his parents being killed, and then that's why he wants to be you know he wants to make the city better that type of thing yeah. like i think that's why i've always been drawn to him why not start a recycling program uh that's not <laughs> near as exciting of a movie an action film he's, he's running around just dropping bombs and the recycling thing like he finds a plastic bottle from downtown yeah the uh who is it on the office recyclops is probably my favorite dwight arc oh my gosh <laughs> He goes from like trying to clean up the office to like uh, (laughs) there's this like environmental terror kind of thing. Uh, But that's enough for one day. Yeah. Speaking about environmental terror, we're going to talk about like human beings (laughs) and (laughs) what a plug, what a transition. Wow. I think we might have to do the whole thing over. (laughs) No. I feel like this is as 
like have you ever listened to relevant podcast this is mm-hmm. this very is this yeah. is like the welcome hey we're gonna do this what are we talking about again? but first let's talk <laughs> yes. about this something totally <laughs> yeah interrelated you, you yeah. started it hey you know what i'm i'm fine with it all right let's I'm do it though it. you were saying something about superheroes and i was like well i'm gonna try to figure out something to introduce this podcast so yeah oh, you okay. gave it it was low-hanging fruit yes so i took it so we're in this series on what we believe as a church, and you can find all of the things that we're really reading off of on our website, www.c3hays.com slash about, I believe is where we can find that. And you can find some great pictures of Derek, Garrett, and all the other staff, and an okay picture of me. But then <laughs> if you scroll below that, you see the essentials we believe, and we're on about human beings. I'm going to read this, and then we're just going to kind of see where it takes us. I think that there are fairly um, fairly ordered ways to go through this once you hear the, the description. So here we go. People are made in the spiritual image of God to be like him in character. People are the supreme object of God's creation. Although every person has tremendous potential for good, all of us are born with a sin nature which separates us from God. Only a personal relationship with Jesus can save us from our sins. Okay, so when we talk about humanity, the first thing that we affirm is that people are made in the spiritual image of God. What is the image of God actually mean great question i think it's good this is i think for me this is one of the really important conversations to be having at least at this point in time and in the world i think it's always been an important um conversation for us to have but i think this is also one of it's kind of difficult to understand too sure because it is it is just interesting um yeah. And as a process, I think we have to say we're not making some sort of theological argument here. We're trying to parse exactly. this together just in an informal conversation. And, you know, if there if we use an analogy, if we use an explanation, at some point it likely it is likely that it falls short. We don't yes. really have this really strong metaphysical understanding of reality in this way. I can't conclusively say, oh, I know exactly what it means to be in the image of God. I can do my best to kind of think about what the authors of Genesis were, were trying to really say, say, and, and what they would have meant in their context and then try to figure out, okay, well, how do I extrapolate this to mean something when every aspect of my life is totally different right. than the people who would have who would have been writing this kind of stuff. So how can I be faithful to this text right. while still trying to translate it to my current age, yeah. my current culture, my current way in which I am supposed to put on the likeness of Christ, right? So so I I think that it's a good preface to say we we don't know, <laughs> but yeah. that makes a really short podcast. So, yes. but, but I also think it's important to acknowledge that like throughout history and time, there's been a lot of wrong views of this uh, because at, at one point it, it was thought that, at least by a certain group of people that this would mean that we reflected that or that we had the divinity of God in us because we were made in the image of God, which I think, you know, I've always heard it um, explained 
you know, not that we are divine like God, but that we do reflect his divinity in, in the way of, of our mind, our, our ability to be creative, our ability to yeah. think, our ability to have emotions, our ability to have relationships and connect with people, that in that way we reflect the, the divinity of God. And so we, we are made in his image in that way. Um, and, and so I, th- I think, again, this is one of those things, as, as Nathan, you and I have been going through all of these episodes and saying, you know, we're still trying to figure it out, as is all of, all of humankind. <laughs> we're even trying to figure out who we are and what, what we're all about um, and has been this ongoing thing throughout history, again, because our, our minds are, are finite and don't have right. the whole picture. Yeah, and I think as we continue to study, we continue to learn a deeper and deeper understanding of and that's, I think that's the hesitancy that all three of us are having when we're talking about this podcast, because you might talk to me in two or three years, my understanding, it's not a concrete thing to where we can just be like really uh, dogmatic, like this is what it is and this is not what it is. Like it's really hard for us. And I like what Derek said when I was studying um, just for this podcast specifically about God's image um, even though Nathan told me not to talk about the Hebrew, I'm going to do it. So please do. <laughs> yeah. the, the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that this Bible that we hold in our hands is the product of right. many different authors in many different languages. languages. Right. And the fact that, you know, if you think about English in the 1600s, right, think Shakespeare. It's the same language that we speak today. Right. But if it has changed that much, right. if people aren't using words and idioms like that that reflect the culture right and we can't understand english then how are we taking i i think it's almost like this um this cultural like smear if we just go up and say the simplest plain reading of this in 21st century (laughs) english is going to be the best way to approach the i don't think that that's the case i think that we have to be like okay the bible was not written to us. Right. It's definitely for us and yeah. useful in teaching, but it's not written to us. It's written to a certain group of people that had different questions that we had, that used language in a different way that right. we had. And to not try to understand that is to be like really, really sure. ignorant of how to right. actually learn about this. Right. Yeah. So the the um, the passage we're talking about specifically is in is in Genesis one. And that's where you know, God was talking. He says, let us make mankind in our own image and our likeness. And so there's a couple different words there for image and likeness. And so they're translated a little bit differently in different trans. It depends on what translation, but the um, later on in scripture, the ESV actually renders the, the image as a shadow. And so I thought that was really interesting because other people will say like, it's more like an idol you know, like people would build idols to represent whatever they were worshiping, but the ESV actually kind of says that it's more like a shadow, which kind of points to its meaning as like a resemblance or a reflection of something greater. And I just, for me, that I've never actually heard anybody talk about it like this. Mm -hmm. And for me, I felt like, and this is why I said, (laughs) if you talk to me in two years, my, because even just studying for this, just this podcast, I was like, wow, that is so awesome. Um, because it's not like a material thing, but it's like a, a foreshadowing of something to come. So like when it says we're made in God's image or or likeness, the likeness word, actually some places it actually says phantoms. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like 
kind of, it's not necessarily this concrete thing, but it's more like an abstract likeness. So like we, but it's a shadow, like we're, we're a shadow of God's image. So it's not like if, if I look at Nathan, I'm like, oh, that he represents God. That's kind of true, but it's more of like, hey, he is a resemblance. He carries some sort of reflection of who God is. And Derek mentioned through his, all of the aspects and character of who God is. Um, and so I think for me, that was really a change in my understanding because I had heard always like we represented God more in our physical being right. more than anything else. And so, um, and that's not necessarily false or, or wrong, but I think that for me, understanding it as like a shadow that points to something greater, that seems a little more easily for me to understand. Right. So it's important that we say that the analogies or the metaphors that we make to describe God are not necessarily physical ones. Right. God is described as a father. God is described as a shepherd. God is described as a vine keeper, right? right? And these are anthropomorphic descriptions of God, meaning that they right. are human descriptions, uh, descriptions uh, things that we know of in our experience because we've seen them, we've seen pictures of them, we've been them before, things like that, that don't necessarily reflect God's physica physicality, right. Right? right? God is not constrained by time and space into a material body um, like we are. Asterisk Jesus, right? <laughs> I, I guess, but yes. but what what you're saying is that there is some sort of representation yeah. that humans are given from God yeah. in this creation story that we embody some sort of feature of God, and that's not a physicality right. necessarily, right. though it, it could be. I think right. that God can do what God wants, right? right? So if God chooses to take on human likeness like he does in Christ or um, in the, the story with Abraham when they're overlooking Sodom and Gomorrah right. and, and, he, and it, he's talking with Abraham about yeah. sparing, sparing them, right? Um, but, but I think that that's a, a really interesting thing to say, that the image of God is some sort of likeness of God. I've always heard it as, you know, the, the people that this, this story would be talking to are typically ruled by kings, and kings would say that they were the image of God, and that would give them the authority to tell other people what to do, to be in charge of the, the land in which they inhabited. And they would make idols of themselves right. or idols of the gods, and they would call those the image of God. Specifically for the Hebrews, the making of images or idols of God was... Right, forbidden. One, because they didn't think that any sort of created thing could truly embody yeah. the nature. They thought that the, the analogy or the metaphor would fall short. Two, the idea was that God already had images, and it was us. Yeah. So in some way, humans are to have that. And, and I've always heard it, the, the characteristic that makes humans images of God is the authority to, to rule, the, the enactance of their actual ruling capacity. Now, there are some other words that, that come in here that, that kind of make me a little bit uncomfortable, um, honestly, and that's me like extrapolating my 21st century understanding of 
what <laughs> what what I see, right? So uh, I'm just going to read Genesis 1, verses 26, 27. I'm reading out of the NSRV, and it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and every other creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, It goes on to say, you know, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So the second aspect, I think we've talked a little bit about what the image of God is. The second aspect of our description on the website is that humans are the... Supreme object. The supreme object of God's creation. Yeah. What is it to be a a supreme object of God's creation? And and what do those words like having dominion over the earth and subduing the earth, what is that supposed to practically look like for, for us, knowing that they didn't really see see the world in the, in the same way you know they didn't have an sure. ecological understanding of <laughs> of human activity so how how do we hold fast to the truth of this message while also making it mean something really strongly for our lives as well yeah <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a little softball over Derek, there. Just Derek, Derek. Oh, oh, <laughs> just I think I think for me, when I excuse me, when I hear that and I think that I think that that those you know, and, and I think what's probably causing a little bit of hesitancy in in you, Nathan, is that those words can be abused very yeah. easily by humans. And I look at it as what what I feel God's God was doing was giving purpose to humans as caretakers of. Yeah the earth of the animals of these things of right what what does he do he you know he has he has adam give names to all of these animals and all these things why because he's going to be the one who's caring for them and looking after them and that's his role and his responsibility as the supreme being of creation to help oversee creation as the images of God to reflect who he is in his caretaking and his ability to, to help manage what's in this world. Right. And so, um, I think, I think it is tough because we see, we see that having been abused so much in, in the way that our world is reacting to what humans have done in, in populations of animals that have been, been just downright hunted and abused and killed for, for, for money right, and sport. purposes, right? For sport, for for different things that 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 were not intended for poaching, you know, poaching and things right. like that, that that have really messed up the 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 equilibrium there that's that's supposed to be there between um, what it what it appears God created and where we're at now. Um, and so, but but I I've always looked at that as not this privilege that that humans have, but more responsibility and yeah, purpose right. that God has given humans. Right. Yeah. I, I think that I think that you're absolutely right. And I I definitely want to go to you, but I think the the whole the whole discomfort for me is the power differential meaning and exploitative relationship. Sure. Because right in in 2021, we can see, we can look back historically at the ways that humans have used their power for evil, right? Sure. And God's first example in terms of like having dominion, subduing the earth is that of a gardener, right? Right. Adam and Eve are supposed to be caretakers of 
the garden and cultivating and bringing about flourishing that God designed for that to happen, right? If humans are the image of God, God is saying, here are the reins, right? Take this earth that I have given you and bring it to flourishing. Yeah. Put the work into the world, right? Um, in in order to to make beauty yeah. happen. And I think that that understanding is is something that that helps. And also looking at the way that Jesus, who you know, I think we would all contend was the person with the most authority, with the most power on earth. Look at how he utilized his power. Yeah, it was in servanthood. Yeah, that's the whole point, yeah. right? And yeah. I jumped the gun a little bit because I, you know, I want to yeah. make myself able to sleep at night and stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's it's really important to say that, like, when we talk about humans as the the supreme object of, of God's um, of God's creation or of the dominion and the the command to subdue the earth, that looks really, really different than the the ways that we would typically use words like that now. Right. Now they sure. imply some sort of exploitative power structure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I think that some of it some of what we are discussing is actually the result of what we're going to talk about next so which which is sin and our sin nature so i think some of that some of what we are looking at is like we're desiring what god created in the garden we're desiring the actual rule and reign and being taking care of the earth but the re- the reality is because of sin and i don't want to jump the gun too far down that yeah. but some of the reason some of the reason i think we're disappointed and we see the destructiveness of of us not taking care of the earth is because of a directly resulting because of sin yep. and the exploitation that you're talking about the destructiveness the the hunting the sporting not taking care of the environment all of that is that i believe is actually a result of of sin and so i think it's hard for us uh to talk about all of that without bringing in that aspect of sin yeah. um, but also I think that we have seen uh, believers who have exploited <laughs> exploited this and so I think it's it's really hard for us to, to really understand it all but we need to make sure we're we just like you said we're going back understanding what was the author of Genesis trying to say who was the audience context is so so important and just kind of imagining, all of like all of this together is it's such this beautiful picture and in my heart it eagerly desires the re- recreation of the earth like at the end of the story that we already know like i start reading genesis and i'm like man there's something inside of me that's like that's the earth that i want to live on and and so uh, I, I think for us we have to be obedient we can still be obedient to this passage and I think that's really where it comes in, and our responsibility is to be obedient to this passage. So what does it look like for us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth? What does it look like for us to take care of the things that we're in charge of, our family, uh, some really practical things, recycling, e- eating sustainably, sustainable clothing? I mean, all of those things, like, they're they're probably a hot topic that we could talk about, but those are the things where you read Genesis and, and I think to get really practical is like, that stuff matters. The way we live matters. Mm-hmm. And it's calling us towards towards obedience, taking care of the earth, taking care of everything that's happening. That's actually our job. Like, that's our job as Christians. And we should be people who 
who are championing this message, I, I believe, and I have fallen short. I'm not perfect at this, but I also think it's our job to spread the word. Like it's our job to continue to say it's, it's, it's our responsibility to take yeah. care of these things. And I think it's important with what you just said, Garrett, of even like looking at the three of us sitting around this table, what we have convictions on in, in those areas are very different. And I, and I don't think, I don't think right and wrong, just very different. You know, you hunt more than, than I, I fish occasionally. You're a big fisherman and a big right. hunter, Nathan, you don't eat, you don't eat meat and right. you're, you know, and it's, and, and, and so everybody at some point is kind of making that decision for themselves. Right. And, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that one of the things I've always appreciated about you, Nathan, in, you know, the decisions you've made as far as what you eat and and what you do, I've never felt you're judgmental in other uh, places. One of the most powerful Just things in his heart. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, no. But one of the things I really the one of the things I've really appreciated you and appreciated hearing from you in those conversations is 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 a, a statement that you've said of, you know, everybody's a hypocrite. They just have to determine how much of a hypocrite they want to be right. in essence, right? Because we all have these things that, that we probably don't quite live up to our own convictions all right. the time. And, and yet anything that we take a strong stance on, if you follow that person around long enough, you're probably going to find somewhere where it doesn't yeah. quite line up because 100%. they've, they've made that, that, that concession to right. what they feel. Because, Drawing a line in the sand essentially right. and, and yeah. step over it. And, and while I think that this is a really meaningful conversation that needs to be had, that literally <laughs> the word infect is probably typically like seen as a bad thing, but I think that faith should be an infectious portion of every choice that we make. Sure. And that doesn't mean that we're not able to do things that give us pleasure, Right. Right. But what that means is like, man, I really need to think about the way that I live my life right. sure. because of the truth that's contained in here that God, if God is the creator of the earth, if we just accept that premise, right? And if we accept the premise that God has put us in charge of being responsible for the earth's flourishing, those two things alone should radically change how we view the world. Yeah. If and we're should, image bearers, then what we do with our life matters. Right. And, yeah, we, exactly. and it shouldn't just be just yeah. whatever. Haphazard. Yeah. Now, it, it really gets down to it. And and one of the things that you, you mentioned, I, I really appreciate the, com the comment. I want to really disagree with people in humility. You know, when it comes yeah. to ethical things like you know, choosing to be vegetarian or, or whatever it is. But I think that there are really, really faithful people who have lined up, uh, who have ended up on a really different side yeah. uh, where I would. And I don't want to discredit the conviction on their lives because sure. it may they may not have the experience that I have. They yeah. may not have the, you know, the 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 same knowledge about stuff and i, I don't want to hold that against people no one ever changed my mind because they called me stupid or it pretended to be morally superior to yeah. me and the reality is of of you know this is this is where i want to stop this rabbit trail but like you know i am a hypocrite the mm -hmm. places that i get my food if i don't make them themselves can be really exploitative in the way that they treat the people who cultivate my food. Sure. And that makes me no better in, in my mm. mind, right. Than someone who chooses to, to eat meat because the, the produce, whatever I am consuming 
is the product of exploitation, right? right. So I'm alike. I'm alike in the person in the same as as someone who chooses to eat meat. Now, please don't <laughs> become a vegetarian because you think that I'm judging you <laughs> or silently or anything like that. Because that's a that's definitely a, an important conviction in my life, but it doesn't need to be like the primary thing that but but i think you know, us, yeah. I, I think what you say there is so important nathan and i think something that we all can can learn from is regardless of our convictions we should be respectful of what other people's convictions are as well because of course we all think that we have a pretty good idea of what we are convicted about now yeah. if we look back at our own history in our life it's probably different than it was five <laughs> years ago so maybe we didn't have it all figured out Right. But but I think the the reality is, is, is you have your convictions for a specific reason. And yeah, it'd be great if everyone else shared those convictions and did everything the same way that you did. Because and the world a re- would be so much better right. if everyone did the same things that I did. Right. And- right. Which which is absolutely ridiculous for anybody to say. Right. But at the same I time, mean, maybe not for me, but maybe right, for you, course. Derek. But at the same time, we all kind of feel that way. If we're truly honest, we all kind of feel that way. So you wouldn't behave like you do if right you didn't. Or because you wouldn't have convictions if that wasn't the case right but i think it's important to say that okay everybody has those different convictions and again everybody's a hypocrite hypocrite to a certain standpoint and so how about we love each other right. hey there's an idea yeah never heard of it <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe this is a good way to to talk about it. we have this idyllic view of what the function of humans should be to cultivate the earth to bring it about as as flourishing as god intended it to go we are presented today with a world that is very very different than that idyllic picture what went wrong and how does that affect us as humans yeah <laughs> this is like Ready, this is such go. a huge yeah this is such a huge <laughs> yes, question yeah. that I'm like hey give me a 30 second soundbite right. for you know <laughs> yes. so I I hear the, I hear the media. the irony in it but let's yeah. let's try to tackle this one yeah. together yeah let's try to hug the ocean um so <laughs> yeah I think I think this is a great question and it kind of like I mentioned at at the beginning of of the podcast is that this is something that I think is not necessarily PC to talk about, politically correct to talk about, but it's essential for us to talk about this issue because I think that the world is trying to differentiate this this specific conversation about sin. And so for me, I think what Scripture says is that God created us good without sinful nature. So that's so important for us to understand. We just talked about it, right? We Like we literally spent half of the conversation talking about this. Um, but because of Genesis 3, it, it records the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And so because of that, because of their action to rebel from, choose to rebel from God, because they are our our fathers, right? We've been given a sin nature too. So we've been born with a proclivity to sin. And, and the Bible actually says that we're slaves to sin that our, our humanity is. We, we don't have a choice but to sin. That's our nature. So this is, this is all very, very abstract, and I'm, I'm going to try to walk through a couple of questions. Please sure. help me, reverends, to, to kind of parse through this a little bit, right? So Who's the reverends in the room? Who's talking to you? Yeah. First, first and foremost... Are there any ministers in the room? <laughs> Thank you. First and foremost, Genesis 3. 
what yeah. uh, can you give me a brief synopsis of, yeah. of what's going on? Yeah. In so after 3? after the creation, right? Genesis okay. one, kind of a overview. Genesis two is really like an in depth uh, uh, creation of Adam and Eve, and then we get to Genesis three, which is where God is kind of given this command: Hey, don't eat from this one tree. There's plenty of other trees to eat from. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And and then the serpent comes in, which is Satan. He deceives Adam and Eve, and they eat from they eat from the tree. And then uh, immediately they have shame. They start hiding from God, and the God comes in, realizes what happens, um, and then you know he actually clothes them, and and but then he banishes them from from the Garden of Eden. And so we see that sin, our choice to rebel from God, our choice to be disobedient disobedient to his commands actually separates us from from God. So that's what sin does. And because of their choice, we've all been given this nature to choose sin. And so all of their all if we look at the the history of humanity pretty much immediately right and and right after that we see that um, Adam and Eve's offspring chose to sin, and and even um, Cain became the first person who who chose to sin. He was the first murderer, and then it just gets really messy, right. <laughs> you know. After that, it kind of just really goes bad in a hurry. Right. So Genesis Genesis three is regarded as the fall yes. of humanity yes. from the created order. There's a talking snake. There's a a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These things represent kind of humanity's ability to choose what is right and wrong outside of the moral framework of God's choice. Right. Right. So if, if that is the given, how does this translate into the sin nature of everyone? You, you were talking about Adam and Eve being our father and mother, right? Right. And and in some way we've inherited this thing. It's not like genetic, right? Well, like how does how does it work? It's not built into our DNA, right? Uh, honestly, I think that's that's one one of the hardest questions to Absolutely. answer in Absolutely. in Christianity, uh, because there's not really. As far as I'm concerned, there's not really a very specific answer in in the Bible where it's not like, hey, this is like, and you always talk about how are we supposed to read Genesis. I think that's a hard, that's a question that the readers of Genesis weren't actually asking. Okay. We see what it says in, in the scriptures, but actually like explaining that and and applying it is something that has given you a little bit of discomfort. And it's something that I've just explained off of recording that I'm really struggling with mm -hmm. as well. I, I would be, um, I would be surprised if you hadn't struggled with that at no, some absolutely. point in, in your life, Derek. So can we, can we talk about having a, a piece of, of scripture that just doesn't settle with us and what we do with that? Yeah, would that maybe be a, in line, a helpful thing to do? In line with, and and I think you might have one too, Garrett. But I I have one that's in line with what we've been talking about, and this is one that I remember from my days in Encounter when I was a college student in Encounter leadership. Of you know, in, back in the sixties, right? Back in the sixties, <laughs> not that old, Garrett. Back okay, off. Okay, okay. You're not that much younger than <laughs> no, me. No, I'm not. I can still fight you. Um, 
No, but Roman, Romans chapter 3 in the, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th verse says, There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus. That's really great news for all yeah. of us who know Jesus and have heard about Jesus. And the, the thing that became hard when we were having a conversation just sitting around as college students was, well, what about those people out in the middle of nowhere who've never heard about Jesus? How does that verse affect them? Because yeah. it says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what if there's people in a remote part of the world who've never heard that? Now, I don't remember off the top of my head where it was, but I think it might have been in Romans as well, where we kind of got to a point where we could sleep at night with that question was that all will be judged off of what they know. And so that God reveals himself in, in creation, God reveals himself in nature, God reveals himself that even if you've never heard about Jesus, there's a reality that, that you can know there's something bigger than you. Now, <laughs> that can open up a whole can of worms from a theological perspective and salvation and all of these different things. Um, but that's really kind of where we had to get because we didn't have a better understanding of it. And I think that's some of what we're talking about here in this conversation is about human beings, because we could sit here and answer every question from our perspectives as, as white males who live in Hayes, Kansas. And, <laughs> and we could get a pretty easy answer of here's what we need, but that's not the easy answer for everybody in this entire world. And I think that's where some of this gets difficult for us to really, dive into and feel like our ans feel like our answers are adequate because yeah. it's it might be adequate for our situation but I don't know that that makes it adequate for every situation right and maybe that that just precludes the uh, necessary the necessity for evangelism yeah. which is something yes. that you feel strongly concerning <laughs> yeah i i think for me the verses that you just read it makes a good news actually good news yeah yeah you know, and I and I think that as as we look, if if this is our understanding of sin, as this, if this is our understanding of the world, then we should be champions of this message. Yeah. And and we're wrestling through all the difficulties that this message presents, that this understanding of the world presents. And and for me, that it it like oh, I just got chills. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I shouldn't mm -hmm. have said that. That's weird. Um, <laughs> Cut, cut. No, we're leaving that cut. in for sure. Um, that will be the little blurb the at the very beginning. It'll be uh, cut, cut, and then welcome to the Celebration Community Church podcast. I did that on purpose so that you had to cut part of it out. So, um, but for me, that's that's the 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 message isn't. Oh man, let's be bummed and sit around. It's actually like let's do what we're called to do. Yeah. Let's let's get on on the airplane and go to wild places and share the message of the gospel mm -hmm. to the ends of the earth. That's what, that's what, you know, Jesus commanded us to do in Matthew 28. And so for me, I wrestling with the brokenness and all that it's messy. It's hard. We still don't understand it, yeah. but the ultimate message is if this is reality of the world, that people are sinful, that we have inherited a sinful nature, that it means that Jesus his sacrifice mattered. It meant something, and it, it really is the good news of the gospel. And, and I think that that's also part of this, that when we talk about being made in the image of God, 
it's not just about that one moment or that one description of what that means, but it also points to what Jesus did on the cross for us and what we're supposed to do because of that. Like when God said that, it wasn't like he didn't know <laughs> what was going to happen, right? It's not, the, you know, there's foreshadowing in that as well, that we're going to become the bearers of the good news as well, that we're going to be have the responsibility that he puts on his people and his church to spread that good news. That's a part of being an image bearer as well, I think, that that is a very important thing for us today as the church to go and do what he asked us to do. Right. You know, that's a very important thing. Yeah. I think that this will probably step on the toes of the next episode a little bit, but I want to just kind of, as our, our final point, we've talked about the idea of the original conception of human beings made in the image of God. We've talked about the functions of human beings who are to establish relationship with God and to care for the world. It doesn't take a huge theological, like, argument to say, to look at the world and say, something went wrong somewhere. And rather than trying to figure God out and the intricacies of the the way that that relationship works, God takes it upon himself to take on our condition and to be the embodiment of humanity. And in Jesus we find not only the recompense for our, our sin, but we also find the example in which to emulate, to truly behave as a human should. God uses the the instance of Jesus as a, a lesson. We're told to conform to the likeness of Christ, yeah. that hopefully that may be indistinguishable at some point in our lives. Yeah. And that's not just a function for the individual, but that's a function for the the church to be the physical, tangible body of Christ. So we ought to perform as though Jesus performed things while he was in the world. And and we were just talking about, you know, over overseas evangelism and and while that is important. It's important for people to to experience the freedom that the gospel provides to the equality of all humans under yeah. the cross of Christ. It's also important to share that news here. Yes. Right? And and Jesus, you know, makes it very clear who the kingdom of God is made up of. It's made up of the people who th- are cast out by society. And, and he's the ones, uh, he says that those are the ones that the kingdom of God belongs to. Yeah. So in terms of a practical theology, right, to, to be human in God's eyes is to welcome in those who are least welcome in our current state of affairs? Am I, am I on with that? Am I off base? Where, like, how would you add to that or contribute to that? I, I think that's. I think that goes back to our responsibility as humans, um, and I think the only thing that I would I would add is kind of what the last line of of what you read on our our statement of belief in this, Nathan, is that being human is not enough. That being human, we fall short. Being human, we are corrupt. Being human, we are sinful. But through the Son of God coming and taking on human flesh and being the ultimate sacrifice for us, humanity has been redeemed in the eyes of God. And so 
we now take on that responsibility to get as many along with us into that redeemed humanity as possible. And I think that ultimately that's when I talk about what's important about being a human, it's that being human is not enough and and we need Jesus and we need to be redeemed through him uh, because we just, we can't do it on our own. Yeah. I think that's really good. I, I think that was really beautiful, Nathan. I think that I, I appreciate that just that sentiment because I think there are so many instances where I've seen, um, you know, we talk about exploitation and everything at the beginning of the podcast. I think that we've seen Christianity take on that role and it used to obtain power and things like that. And I think that's so far from what Jesus said, Jesus Mm, did. And so I think it's super important for us to keep that in mind. And I, I think that we have been taught otherwise by the world. Um, and so I think it's super important for us. I, I thinking about um, Jesus said that he did not consider equality with God's to something to be grasped, but he put on humility and he became like us. And so for me, I've always just pictured that as what does that look like for me to put on humility mm-hmm. and and consider other people before myself. And so I think in terms of of what you were talking about, it doesn't matter where we are, whether we're on a plane overseas or we're whether here we're we're actually putting on humility, taking care of people who are um, unloved by the world, um, unseen, unnoticed, un unloved, and um, and I think that is the message of the gospel that people people matter to God. And we see that throughout the message of the Bible, and they matter enough for him to send his son to die on the cross for us. And so I think it all matters, ultimately. The way we live matters. The way we talk about these things matter. But ultimately, to put it, we have to practice it out in public. That's good.